0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Couch Podcast. In today's episode, to begin, Buttsy, Zwick, and Jordan are going to hop on and power rank the NFL teams after this past week in NFL, and then Buttsy and Zwick come on and talk about one of the best weekends we've ever had in college football. They talk about the Alabama-Auburn Iron Bowl, and they talk about Michigan versus Ohio State as well as the other games that were on that slate. And then finally after that, me and Letty come on and we talk about NBA teams that we think are going to be buyers and sellers at the NBA trade deadline. We know it's way too early for this, but um there is a deadline coming Welcome up Welcome back to the couch everybody. The Today we have an NFL episode I'm joined by Buster so and Quick. We're going to talk a little builds Eagles. So
1: without further ado, little, power here and is little state of the Busty, NFL as a Zwick, whole, but first we're going to talk about the death of the New England Patriots. Butsy and I watched this game together. Uh, as Patriots fans, it was pretty depressing. It was a pretty dark day, but um, I don't know. As as a whole, I think it's a good loss for the franchise. Surprisingly, because we're going to get a better pick now. The Giants were one of the teams that we were competing with for the high pick, but um, yeah, that game was depressing. Butsy, uh, why don't you tell the viewers about your Sunday? Yeah, I mean,
2: it was. Uh, it was. It was. It was. The, the Sunday of a lifetime. I mean, the Sunday that's better is just, just kind of dread, but then also dream about. Um, you know, I, I had conflicting opinions in the Patriots game. I I threw some change on their money line. Um, thought it was a good play. My guy told me it was a good play. I was all in on the Patriots. Uh, and you know, the I could I could almost deal with the interceptions, Jordan. I could almost deal with the interceptions if they would made the field goal and won in overtime. <laughs> you know, if they if they came away with, to win that game, I would have uh been able to deal with the interceptions. But man, Mac Jones, uh, the first one was was really bad and I didn't think it could get much worse. And then the second one uh was just literally to the Giants linebacker. I mean, it it was literally like he was throwing the the wheel route to him instead of the instead of Ramondre. So yeah, really tough Sunday on that regards. And then uh the Bills Eagles game, which I know we'll get into later, was an unbelievable sweat. Uh you always buy the hook. You you know three and a half. I the the hook helped me out this time. Usually it kills me. This time it helped me, but the Patriots game was absolute. Was it absolutely dreadful? I was in a really bad place after it. I was on the floor, hood over the face, silent for maybe ten minutes after the game.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was that was a rough watch. Zwick, are we in a um, better place as a franchise after losing this, or is the kind of I don't know disappointment and despair worse?
3: invested as you guys were um, seemingly yesterday and you know but see I'm, I'm sorry it sounds very sad um you yeah, sound like it, it was it, it definitely was you sound like me after i received the joe burrow news so it's it's tough um but i mean it's not even close you're in a better spot now that that i mean that loss almost not hundred percent clinches the second pick but it it's pretty close that you'll be at least top three so i think it's big i think Caleb Williams or Drake May will be a Patriot barring something insane happening, like a Mac Jones insanity run, you know, he turns it around. No,
2: I'm, 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 I'm not even believing
3: on, on him in any way. There's no reason to, I mean, no reason to, he's horrible, like horrible. People people still talk.
2: He is. I, I think he is like Zach Wilson. We've seen a lot. We've seen Zach Wilson at his worst many times, but man, Mac Jones at his worst is right there with him was right. Is right there with him. Uh, Also everybody in the media and mock drafts that I've seen that have the Patriots taking Marvin Harrison jr. um, If the Patriots take Marvin Harrison jr. With a third pick with a QB on the board, I'm going to jump off the empire state building um, (laughs) because I can't physically watch Mac Jones play football for another year. Uh, you know, a lot of people were saying, "Oh, it's not his fault." Yeah, it, it might be. A lot of it has to be. Uh, I know the receivers aren't good. I know the talent's not there. I know Demario Douglas got absolutely clotheslined, which was ridiculous. There was no flag on that play, by the way. Um, So he's out. But I understand the O line's not where it should be. But he, his decision making is just so bad. It's just so so bad.
1: Um, his confidence so, is broken. Yeah, he's a, I mean, he's a he's a shell, a of, shell of a quarterback. He was almost crying when
2: he got when he threw that second pick. He was like. You know when you're about to cry, you just like take those really like rapid, rapid deep breaths, like, <laughs> like he he was that's what he was doing. He was trying not to cry. So he's a bitch. Fuck him. <laughs> um, I can't I wait actually, for Drake May. I care for Drake May.
1: I actually agree that he was trying not to cry. No, um, oh, it yeah. was
3: very evident that he was trying. Not to <laughs> I want
2: to, and, and I want to feel bad for him, but,
1: but
3: I, you can't. Can't. You I can't. I can't. I can't. I'm. He had it. a shot. He he always had the lowest ceiling of that draft class, and it showed. I mean, yeah, pocket passer who's not very accurate and... Has a noodle arm. Yeah, literally has one of the weakest, if not the weakest arm in the league. So, he's cooked. I think it's the weakest arm. (laughs) It has to be.
1: I don't... Is he going to continue to start after that performance? I thought, personally, that after the second pick, I said that that was the end of his career as a starter. And then he came back in for another drive and he fumbled <laughs> and the Patriots luckily recovered. But after that, he didn't come back in. So I don't know um, because Zappy came in and didn't look much better. I'm not going to lie. The The drive that we scored on was all first read throws, screen passes, the run game. And then Zappy ended up throwing a pick later on. So I don't think Zappy is much better. I don't know if he's better at all, um, but it's just really hard to watch both those guys play. If we don't get a quarterback, I I don't know if I'll watch a single game of the Patriots next year. Um, Marvin Harrison, I think, would be a, a decent consolation prize because he's like a generational talent at receiver. But I just I mean, we would have to go to free agency or make a trade for a quarterback or something because I cannot watch these guys do it anymore. Um, Zwick, do you think it's possible we end up with Marvin Harrison?
3: I, I really hope not because I, I don't want to see Marvin Harrison's career suffer in New England. because. Fair point. But Bill Belichick has proven to miss and miss hard in the draft. And I know we, we've talked about if, you know, if he'll be there, you know, if he'll still remain the coach or the GM and or the GM this offseason. But I, I think it's very possible. I mean – if they're thinking best player available, then that would probably mark be Marvin Harrison Jr. at that at let's say it's pick three. That would probably be him best player available. I yeah, I mean, I see no reason to take him. I it's just it doesn't fix the problem at all. It just sets your franchise back another year, and maybe you get one of the best quarterbacks in the draft after, and then you have both, and it works out. But I just think you need to address it right away because it's bad. I mean there's they have no quarterback on the roster that is capable of you know leading a winning football team
1: yeah i actually i wouldn't be super surprised if they end up with a third pick and end up like trading back and then taking a qb later on because it doesn't seem like a lot of these mock drafts have uh other quarterbacks other than may and caleb williams going super high so maybe they trade back to like 14 15 range um and take you know whoever the third guy you want off the board, but. This could this could end up being like a a full on fire sale for the Pats. Um, I I don't think Mac Jones comes back next year. Maybe Zappy's the backup, but I don't even know if Zappy stays. Uh, Belichick could obviously go. I, I'm starting to see that. It, I think it's games like this that get coaches fired, and we still have a decent amount of season left. So it, it there's something about the the fan base in New England and the media and just the way that the team looks that's how coaches get fired it's not like a young um rebuilding team that you know you expect this out of i don't think you expect that type of performance out of any team so i could see belichick going i could see bill o'brien going the offense has been just as bad under o'brien as it was under patricia i don't know if i necessarily agree with firing everybody but i could see it happening it's a it's an absolute disaster for the patriots so um hopefully they get the first pick and Kayla Williams can come save the day. But for well, now yeah. we are uh, stuck.
2: Well, Frank Reich just got fired for yeah. the Panthers uh, because they were, were obviously, they're obviously the worst team in the league right now, but what does firing a coach do to a team? Usually regalvanizes them. We saw what happened when Josh McDaniels just got fired uh, and the Raiders won like two or three in a row and then kept it close to the chiefs for a half. They were up um, 14, nothing. So Who knows? Maybe the Panthers can go on like a two-game winning streak here. Uh, we looked at their schedule yesterday, Jordan. They do have a really back uh easy back half of the season. Uh, not even back half, like back third now at this point, which is fucking crazy to think. But um, really bad, really easy last third of the season. They could string together some wins against some bad teams. And maybe the Patriots do end up with the first pick. But I was trying to think the other day, like, why was Mac Jones like, why did we draft him at what, 14? Right? I think it was 14. Yes. Then, Why did we draft him at 14? Uh, um, what what did anyone see out of him? And then I remembered uh, who he was throwing to at Alabama's wick. Do you recall any of those names that he was throwing to at Alabama?
3: Yeah, I believe he had the likes of Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle, Jameson Williams. Mechie, maybe. Mechie, Mechie. Yeah. Yep. maybe Jerry Judy. I'm not sure if they overlapped, but I mean, those names alone, I mean, those are two pro bowl caliber, you know, top, top, top receivers in the game. And so, yeah, maybe, maybe that's why.
2: Maybe, maybe they make being quarterback a just a little bit easier when they're getting five yards of separation on every route that they run. Um, But anyways, I, 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 max time is done and I don't, and this is, this is, I want to get your guys opinion on this. Should the Patriots have not let, I mean, obviously now it's, it's kind of clear, but, like, would the Patriots be in a different position if they didn't let the Bears trade up to get Fields? Like, what like, what would the New England, New England Patriots look like right now if they had Justin Fields instead? Because I think it's a difference between two wins and, like, four or five.
1: Yeah, but the, the difference is also we're not, like, in extremely depressed that we have no direction or no hope for our future. I think, at least with Fields there's some flash of talent and like maybe with the right system and the right coaching and the right guys around him, he could be something. He can be, um, you know, a guy for your franchise um, for a long time. And with Mac Jones, we know that he's not that. And um, I I mean, we've known that now for what the past 10 weeks since the season basically got to week three. So I think um, it's, it's not like a, a huge difference, but it is at least we're not like, crying ourselves to sleep every night
3: yeah i mean i i I don't know like justin fields obviously we saw flashes with his legs last year and we've seen a little bit of it this year and i think he has improved as a passer um i I really think the weapons outside of dj moore have let him down i haven't been very impressed with comet or darnell mooney this year and the offensive line is just horrible i mean it's really really has struggled all year but I think I think Fields is a lot better than like the media and like like the Twitter posts say like say about him. But I think they could have four or five wins with him. Um it's not much though. Like I said, I mean he still struggles a lot. And I think if he didn't have DJ Moore, he would struggle like very heavily. So if he was working with Juju Smith, Schuster and like Demario Douglas as his as his top weapons, it would definitely be a lot worse for him.
1: True. I think if you think about it, Mac Jones could be the reason that we end up getting Caleb Williams. So if that happens, then Mac could be, you know, one of the best things that's happened to us in a while. (laughs) If you look at it, if you look at it from that way, spin zone.
2: I don't even know, like, I don't even know if it's Caleb Williams is unanimous number one at this point. I think so. He's still, I mean, I've seen like Bleach Report mock drafts, ESPN mock drafts where Drake May has been number one. And I don't... I I, I, I do too, but I mean I don't know. It's gonna be interesting. I just think
1: you go with the talent. Yeah, uh, but I don't know.
2: It's weird because the way everybody was talking about Caleb Williams like two months ago, like, you know, I saw a report or an article that said he could make ten NFL teams better today, and then all of a sudden, for anybody to even speculate that he might not be the number one overall pick is just interesting, and I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that his team is pretty bad. Uh, that he doesn't have a defense, and they, they started losing football games. But they were losing the football game like, they were losing the football games 48 to 45, like, you know, in just absolute yeah. shootouts because his defense couldn't stop anybody. Um, So I don't know. I, I think you're right, Jordan. I think you do go with the talent, and let's really hope we get there because the Bears are going to have the number one pick because Carolina sucks. What are they going to do with that? Are they going to trade it to someone? Are we going to go grab it? Like, there's a number of things that could happen because I don't do the Bears just take – Caleb and trade fields do they you know I don't know it's gonna be interesting yeah, to it'll
1: be interesting I think either way we need a top two pick um to get a quarterback uh and either guy we take if we end up with Drake May I'm not gonna be mad at all but uh the Panthers remaining schedule is Buccaneers Saints Falcons Packers Jaguars and Buccaneers again those are some winnable games if they win two two games out of there which I could see them doing they've been somewhat competitive um, at least in some of these weeks, I know they've gotten blown out a bunch too. But they can beat these bad teams. Uh, and if they can get to like four wins, that would be huge. There's a, there's a chance we could absolutely have a top two pick. Um, but let's stop talking about the Patriots. That um, let's move on to probably the most exciting game of the week was Bills Eagles. Uh, Josh of Allen of the year, maybe? Yeah, great game. Um, Josh Allen went crazy basically let his team put put them in a great position uh and then the eagles come down and hit like a what 59 yarder
2: 59 yarder into the wind into the fan
1: in like some sort of weather rain or i don't know something rain but, and wind yeah yeah and then it goes into ot um bills go down get a field goal and then the eagles come down and score a touchdown and make the bills 6 and 6 bills are uh very much struggling I don't think they're as bad as six and six, but they their season could have just ended yesterday's week. Uh, what did you think of that game, and what do you think of where the Bills are at?
3: Yeah, I mean, I know we we've talked a lot about the Bills on here, and as we should, because I think they're probably the biggest disappointment of this season. But they just like they just couldn't finish. I mean, as soon as I went to as that went to overtime, I knew the Eagles were going to win. I mean, I, I think we all knew it. They there was some questionable calls. Um, I really, really thought AJ Brown fumbled in overtime. I don't know about you guys, but I really was surprised that that was an incompletion. And I mean, say if that goes their way, we're having a different conversation right now. So I I think they were very close, obviously. I mean, they hung around with the best team in the league. So yeah, they're definitely better than six and six, but at the end of the day, that doesn't matter because they're six and six and they're the 10th seed in the AFC right now. So they're going to have to string wins together. Um, their defense didn't show up in the second half. It was great in the first half. And Jalen Hurts just looked like, you know, Superman yesterday. And the Eagles won. I mean, they're the best team in the league for a reason. They find ways to win. I think that was the game of the year so far. I think it was awesome. Easily the best one I've watched. I don't know about yeah. you guys.
2: Yeah. And the thing about that AJ Brown play is Zwick, you watched, and I think we both did, or all of us did. We watched the, you know, Michigan Ohio State game. Where, yeah. with I think it was like the second to last play before McCord threw the pick, uh, the receiver caught the ball across the middle, pretty much did the same thing AJ Brown did, got stripped, and they ruled it a fumble on the field. And yeah. obviously, the Ohio State receiver covered it, and then McCord threw the pick. But like, if that's ruled a fumble on the field, I don't think they overturn that.
1: No, like I don't totally. think
2: you have there's any way to overturn that to an incomplete pass. I thought the football move was him taking a step and bringing the ball down to tuck it. I thought that was the football move, and I thought it got punched clean, and I thought it was a fumble. Um, There was also two really notable ones, Uh, the horse collar on Josh Allen in the red zone, and then the uh, P.I., I think it was in overtime, at the beginning of overtime.
3: slay on Diggs.
2: On Diggs, where Diggs' jersey was literally getting yanked to the side. I mean... Diggs got hit with a couple of PIs that weren't called. I mean, I I thought the referees were definitely in favor of Philly. I don't know if that's NFL script or if that's just referees being referees because, I mean, granted, they do miss calls. But, yeah, I thought the Bills played an absolute hell of a game, a hell of a first half for sure. They really put the clamps on uh, Philly on on the defensive end. Um, But I want to talk about Josh Allen for a little bit because he had – Nine rushes for 81 yards and two touchdowns. And he had went 20, 29 for 51 for 339 and two touchdowns and a pick. Uh, so four total touchdowns and about over 400 yards of total offense. I thought that was one of the best. This is why, like, people, like we say Josh Allen is an elite QB, is because of games like this, where he has over 400 yards of total offense by himself. He has four touchdowns total and one pick. Fine. You want, like, he, he threw an interception. Fine.
3: But difference though,
2: yeah, right. I mean, like his bad games have been really bad, but then he has games like this where you say, "Holy shit, this is a superstar, Josh Allen." The only knock is that his he had a pretty bad completion percentage. I think it was only like fifty three percent, which is it's fine. Like I mean, when you're not good, it's not good.
1: good. But he threw fifty one times. He threw what thirty two in the first half. Like yeah, they were. This was all on Josh. Yeah, it was (laughs) this whole game. Actually, I mean. Yes and no, because
2: it felt like their running game was getting a lot going, too. It felt like first down. I think they had a driver. They had three straight first down runs of, like, 10-plus yards. Um, so, I thought their running game was was very impressive, mainly in the second half, uh, when they kind of went away from the pass a little bit for 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 part of it, because obviously he only threw, what, 19 – or, sorry, 21 passes in the second half. So, the run game stepped up in the second half big time. Uh, the Buffalo defense didn't show up in the second half. Jalen Hurts looks like Jalen Hurts. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think the bills are a lot better than six and six. I agree with you guys, but the reality is they are six and six and their schedule doesn't get any easier. I think they go to Kansas city last week or next week. And then they host Dallas I got it, the week right after
1: here. I got it. So they go by at Kansas city home against the Cowboys at chargers, uh, home against the Pats and at dolphins. So they're probably going to have to win what four out of five of those. They have get to. to 10 wins to have a chance. You have to get to 10 wins. If you want a chance. Uh, but that might not even do it so correct yeah
2: which is the crazy part so i don't know i i I really thought the bills were going to win this game and everyone was going to say that the bills are back and i hate when the eagles win because i hate their fucking fan base
1: but they are kind of fun to watch and they are pretty cool to watch um i I think jalen hurts is very unhateable and yeah he he, he has this tendency to like Whenever he struggles in like the first half of a game to just completely turn it around in the second half and be a complete superstar and just really not even make any mistakes. The second half of that game, he was as good as any quarterback could have been. So and in the first half, he really struggled. So I I think Jalen Hurts is awesome and that whole team, I I like I like them a lot. Um I get that the fan base is annoying, but I just think they're a likable, fun team. I got Philly defense concerns though.
2: I have like real Philadelphia Eagles defense concerns. Uh, D line is a little banged up and it showed uh, they struggled to stop the run yesterday and their secondary has been playing great. I mean, Diggs and Diggs and Davis had had two really good days. Also, one thing I forgot to mention earlier, we're, you know, we're one Gabe Davis route run away from mm-hmm. a bills touchdown on the first drive in overtime. If they had just communicated better, we're on the same page about which way that route was going uh I think Romo was talking about it it you know typically is a corner route the the play is a corner route but if you beat your guy off the line or off of the uh the pick or whatever the switch you just go straight and just you just all you do is turn your head and the ball's there so I don't know you can't really put on a Gabe Davis cuz he did have a great day or Josh Allen it's just miscommunication and it sucks but they were that close to beating
1: the Eagles in Philly like in one of the greatest games yeah, the greatest games we've seen this year it just it kind of shows how important taking care of businesses when you have those games that you should win um, because you can't expect to to finish your schedule on like a six or seven game winning streak. You have to beat the teams like the Jets on opening night. You have to beat the abysmal teams like the Patriots. Like this, this Bills team that we watched last night is a very different team than we saw play the Patriots and a very different team than we saw play uh, the New York Jets on opening night. And a lot of it is because Josh Allen was awesome last night and in those games he wasn't in his decision-making was um, very different and in, in a bad way. So I don't know. They're uh, they're barely treading above water. Zwick, do you have anything else on this, or do you want to go to power rankings?
3: I, I think the bills are cooked. I think I'm ready to write them off. I, I know they played well yesterday and I'll give them credit for that. But the fact of the matter is that the clock is ticking And you can't be going into – well, the next game they'll play is week 14. You can't be going into week 14 at 6-6 and and expect to make the playoffs. So I don't think they'll beat Dallas. I don't think they'll beat Kansas City. I think they can beat Miami. I think they'll beat New England easily. No, I mean, but I also thought they would beat New England easily the first time. So we'll see what happens, but I have no expectations for them. Josh Allen played awesome yesterday, obviously, outside of the pick but I think they're cooked.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm with that. All right, let's get into these power rankings, and then we will call it a day.
3: All right. So at 10, first appearance on the power rankings, Pittsburgh Steelers. They looked really, really good. Defense is insane. At 9, I did put the Bills back in just because they looked awesome. I still think they're cooked. <laughs> 8, I have the Texans. CJ Stroud is that guy. I mean – No doubt about it. They were, you know, literally inches away from going overtime yesterday, and who knows what happens if they do. Seven, I have Miami. They looked really good. Six, I have Jacksonville. Five, Baltimore. Four, Dallas. Three, San Francisco. Two, Chiefs. One, Eagles.
1: Okay, I like it. Let's talk Steelers. First game this year of 400-plus yards after firing their offensive coordinator – Definitely looked a little better. Didn't really translate to points. And this is kind of a, yeah. That's
3: what what... what I'm saying. I mean, everyone is in, oh, the Steelers offense is back. Kenny Pickett is back. Like, this is the breakout game. They scored 16 points. They they scored one touchdown. I don't care if you had 400 yards of offense. Yards of offense doesn't win you games. Points win you games. They scored 16 of them. So I'm not moved at all. Obviously, you know, I I actually did want to win this game because I fucking hate the Steelers and their stupid fan base and Kenny Pickett, who is horrible. I mean, he's (laughs) very very bad at football. But, I mean, they scored 16 points. Like, uh, I'm just not moved. I'm not moved at all.
1: I kind of agree. um, But I do think it's at least a step in the right direction. Like, that's not people are making too big a deal out of it saying like Matt Canada was the entire problem. And the Steelers are actually this awesome team. I don't agree with that at all. Uh, Kenny Pickett is not a good player. Um Pickens is good, but he's not, he's not a true number one yet. Um, I don't think uh, maybe that's Kenny Pickett holding him back, but who knows? I don't know. I, I, I still don't like Najee Harris. Jalen Warren had a tough day. So, I don't think this offense is good at all. I think the defense is great. I think they're very well coached, but other than that, yeah, I agree. Um, we need to see a lot more from the offense before we start talking about how how good this new OC and play calling is. But I do – I like them at 10 um, with a 7-4 and four record. Like, you kind of have to have them – you got to give them some respect. But, yeah, I'm, I'm still not moved. buttsy Yeah, not moved. Uh, it was their first game in 18 weeks with over 400 yards
2: of offense. So I mean, yes it didn't translate to points, but if you're the Steelers or a Steelers fan, you got to be like kind of happy. You got to just look at some positive with this offense because there's not a lot of them. Um the bad guy's gone, the boogeyman is gone, Matt Canada. Um I don't know if he's been the scapegoat this whole time. Um I mean, it, yes they had more than 400 yards of offense, but like you guys said, it didn't translate to points. So I think they're going to realize in the coming weeks and especially when they make the playoffs. I believe they will make the playoffs, that their offense, like Matt Canada, wasn't the only issue with this offense. Like Kenny Pickett is really bad at football. Um, Pickens is good. Deontay's good. Frymouth had a big game, but there's there's a lot more going on with this offense than just Matt Canada. Um, and I think it's going to it's going to become real apparent when they start playing some really legit teams going forward uh, in the back half of the season in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, they could. They they could I've said it before, but they can get to a really good record and just get absolutely smushed in the playoffs. I, I mean the defense is good enough to like not get totally embarrassed, but it, they're they're gonna come up against a team that's just gonna put them in their place at some point. Let's talk Texans Jags. Uh remind me how that game ended. What was the what was the play that Zwick's talking about? Doink on the on field goal. To. He hit the, cross,
2: uh, the crossbar. the crossbow. Got
1: it. Got it. Yeah. Um fantastic game. The battle for the AFC South. Uh, Looks like the Jags are going to come home with it. So, Buttsy's parlay is still intact for the time being. But, uh, I mean, can the Texans, like, can they beat just about anyone? What's their what's their flaws, Wick? I,
3: I think they can beat just about anyone. I mean, their running game is very subpar. And the defense is obviously miles better than it was in years prior. I mean, we've seen it be literally terrible. Past couple of years, and I think it's really, really improved under D'Amico Ryan's. I, I mean, anyone can be anyone any day, but I really think the Texans can compete with anyone in this league. I think C.J. Stroud is that good already. I mean, he, like, we saw him make big time throws, and so the the third and fifteen to Tank Dell, like fifty yards down the field, that unfortunately got called back to legal shift. But like, I, I don't see a team that the Texans couldn't be in the playoffs. I, I think they'll get in, um, barring some disaster in the second half of the season. And that is a team I would not want to play if I'm I you know totally one of the agree. top AFC teams. I think they can upset any one of the playoffs. I think CJ Stroud is good enough. And I think D'Amico Ryan's has the defense just good enough right now where they can improve over the last you know final stretch of the season to where they can get there. And who knows? They could make a deep run in the playoffs. I, I would not want to play with them if I was a Ravens fan or a Chiefs fan or like some one of the top AFC teams, like a Steelers fan. Like I would not want to play Houston in the playoffs. Yeah.
1: They have they have like a vibe and an energy around them that you can tell they have that like belief in themselves that they can beat anyone and that they're they are not scared. They're young and they're hungry and they are they are gonna give someone a at least a run. Um, if they get in, and I'm ready to call C.J. Stroud an elite quarterback. I think if you have an elite quarterback in this league, uh, you always have a chance. So I'm big on the Texans. Butsy, did you have any issues with this list? Because I, I really, I was gonna argue to move the Texans up, but other than that, I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna nitpick it.
2: Well, I mean, so back to what you were saying, if you have an elite QB, you always have a chance. Uh, except if you're the Chargers. Well. Mm-hmm. They always that, have a chance. No, yeah. I
3: don't. They I do. Don't, I don't. Okay, do. so when the Chargers – so when Justin Tucker missed the field goal last night and the Chargers was getting the ball back down to three, I think like four or five minutes left, did you have like any – I knew they were absolutely not going to score. Like I knew yeah. they are not going to come close.
1: No, you're right. Uh, they have this this thing where whenever they're in that situation, they just blow it instantly. Like it's not <laughs> close. It's, yeah. it's like sack, sack, incomplete. Yeah. Sack, game third, over. Third, third and fifteen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Four I, and fifteen. Game over.
3: I am so surprised Brandon Staley still has a job this morning. I mean, I, I, I know Frank Reich is one and nine, and the Panthers team is bad. But God, Brandon Staley is working with so much more I know. than I was Frank just Reich that. has, and only has three more wins. He he could be doing a worse job as a head coach. I, I
2: think he is. I, I, I like I think he's probably doing a worse job than Frank Reich did because Frank Reich has a rookie QB who's like smaller than than Zwick. Yeah. Um and Jordan. I think
1: Frank Reich wanted CJ Stroud too. He did. And they yeah. didn't let him draft him. Yeah. Was
2: it because uh uh, uh Bryce hmm. Young ordered something in the dinner? Uh the recruitment dinner. I got to look this up because this is crazy, but like the he went out with like the Panthers owner and then he ordered something. And that's why they took him because I think it was like some seafood. Uh, it's crazy, crazy, crazy kind of weird story. But yeah, no, he, Staley's doing a worse job than Frank Reich, in my opinion. Um, I think the Ravens at five could, you could argue that they're better than the Cowboys because um, they've kind of beat a few decent teams and the Cowboys still really haven't beat anybody. Um, and I like, I get that, that, you know, the guys or the, you know, the Eagles who the Cowboys lost to are like, you know, the division rival, which kind of sucks. They're going to have a really good record, and they can't have a home game. But uh, I have no problem at the top. Um, going down looks good to me.
3: Let's talk about the Cowboys. Let's do it. Prescott, in his last five games, 18 touchdowns, two interceptions, 1,600 yards. Does he deserve MVP talk? Not over
2: Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts I, is the MVP and I actually don't even think that it, like, I get, like, you want to put him in the, conversation. like, we can have a conversation about it.
3: I think he should be top at the end three of the day, right now. Yeah,
2: right, I think he's top three, but I just think that Jalen Hurts is such a clear favorite right now I agree. Uh, that it's hard to, that, that it's hard to have the conversation with anybody, like, about anybody else right now. Um, but, you know, like, if Dak had beaten the <laughs> Eagles in Philly, then, like, I think it's a conversation, but I just think, you know, a 10 and one football team, um, the way he played last night was fucking in the second half was unbelievable. Um, his, with his everything he can do with his legs and his arm, it, it, I just think he's the clear MVP this year. I'm going to go five teams that I think can win the Super Bowl uh, and the NFC. I'm going to go the Eagles can win it, obviously. I think the Niners can win it. and I And I still think the Cowboys can win the Super Bowl. I really do. I still think the Cowboys can win the Super Bowl. And in the AFC, it's the Chiefs and the Ravens. If I, you know, gun to my head, if I had to pick a Super Bowl matchup right now, I would go Eagles-Chiefs. Swick, I don't know about you, but I, I feel like gun to my head, I feel like a Super Bowl rematch is probably the most likely outcome at the moment. Although, the Chiefs have kind of scared me with the second half play. I mean, I think this is the first time in, you know, Sunday or yesterday was the first time in three games that they've scored in the second half. Something crazy like that. So, second half concerns are real for me. I, I this offensive line has not been playing up to snuff. Um, their defense is the best it's ever been, but their offense is struggling. The O line is 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 not great, like I just said. And then I don't trust Rasheed Rice still, uh, and Sky Moore and their and their weapons. Obviously, uh, they're hyper focusing on Kelsey and Pacheco because those are their two two studs. But the other guys got to step up, and and you know I've been expecting them to, and I don't really feel like they have, but. Yeah, those are the five teams that I think are in the Super Bowl at the moment.
3: Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I think Eagles and Chiefs are a tier ahead for sure. I think that obviously, like you said, that's probably the most likely outcome. You know, call it lame because they're the two best teams, and that's what it was last year. But those are the two best teams of football, and they've played better than almost everyone else this year. I do think the Cowboys and Ravens and Niners will absolutely make their case. And you no, know, be right there at the end. But I I I can't pick against Mahomes and Jalen Hurts and the Eagles team. I think they're too good on the defensive line and the offense is just too good. The Chiefs defense is the best it's ever been. And they're still gonna have Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey in the playoffs. And I think that's enough. I really yeah,
2: do. I agree. So, I agree. All right. Jordan had to hop off this week. We can transition right to a little college football talk. Um that's- we had a great, great weekend, rival rivalry weekend. Uh, always difficult to say, but always very fun to watch. Uh, kicking off big noon Saturday with a little Michigan Ohio State. This game, this game fucked Zwick. This game delivered. Fucked it fucked hard, and it delivered in I think every possible way that we could have asked for it to.
3: Yeah, I mean it was it was super fun. Uh, there was very very, you know, close calls at the end and. Obviously, the Kyle McCord interception at the end, stealed it for Michigan, and there was close calls all game. I'm still not really sure if the play in the second quarter, Roman Wilson getting into the end zone, may have fumbled, may have not even caught it, may have been an interception. Yep. But they ended up going with the ruling on the field that it is um, they scored, and that was the difference in the game. So, obviously, a game of inches like we saw, great game. Michigan came out on top like we thought they would. I think they're the better team. I think they should be the, I think they'll be the two seed now, and I don't think OSU gets in.
2: Yeah, I I'd have to agree. I think OSU's done. Um, and and you know who else might be done? is Ryan Day. Ryan oh. Day has been the head coach there for three years now, I believe. Three, uh, and he's zero and three in the game. Uh, and you know, in Ohio State, if you don't win the game, you're you're disgraced forever. In the Ohio State eyes, and maybe not Marvin Harrison Jr. because he's awesome and everyone loves Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh Maserati Mar. Um, but I is Ryan Day still gonna be the head coach of OSU after the season going into next year.
3: I don't think he should be. I mean, what what's gonna change next year? Maybe they'll get a better quarterback, the receivers will be worse. I mean, the defense will always defense be, is good, yeah. The defense will always be good, but you know, OSU has to beat Michigan for them to call it a successful year. I think in their eyes, obviously they'll always win, you know, most of their games. But OSU has to beat Michigan, and if they don't, then they got to change it up because you know, obviously they have title aspirations every year, and like they should. They have, you know one of the best teams, but if they're not beating Michigan, then you know it's like what was all of the whole year leading towards, right? Obviously it's great. You won a lot of football games. That's awesome. It's great for the guys who are going to go to the league and they proved themselves. But from a team success standpoint, what did they accomplish really? Not much.
2: And you know, like last year you could have, if they had been Georgia and they would have won the national championship, if they had been Georgia and that game was so fun last year, like they could have at least hung a national title on it. Yeah. You know? yeah. And like, Hey, we won a national title. We didn't beat Michigan, but we did win a national title. Yeah, like that would have been, that would have been fine. But yeah, I I don't know. This 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 team is every year. It just feels like that's the one game that they have to win in order for it to call. In order for the season to be labeled as a success, and they haven't won it the past three years. Um, I don't know. It it's that Ryan Day is in a tough spot now. Obviously, New Hampshire guy. Um, I I pull. I want I want him to stay because I do think that. They'll eventually beat Michigan. Also, what like what is up with this quarterback play? Like, this quarterback play, we, we obviously in the NFL, it's a major issue right now. It's so mediocre. In college, among the top teams, you have Carson Beck, you have Cade, uh, Cade McCord, uh, Cade McCord Kyle, Kyle McCord? Kyle McCord. Kyle McCord. Uh, You have J.J. McCarthy. Like, these are three not great quarterbacks who are never going to play in the NFL, you know? And they are leading the top teams in the country right now. Like it's 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 just so mind boggling to me. Then you have teams like Oregon, who has Bo Nicks, who could possibly play in the NFL, but he's also maybe like 24 now. He's really old. Um, but then you have USC, who has the best one of the best players, probably the second best player in college football behind Marvin Harrison, and they're, you know, not even ranked anymore. So Zwick, like, how how are teams able to get away with not having a, a
3: really good QB? Like these top teams. I mean, Michigan's defense is like no other. Same with Georgia. Obviously, Ohio State's is really good, too. And, you know, it's really fun to throw the ball. I can imagine it's really, really fun and really easy to be able to throw the ball to Marvin Harrison Jr. Because he just seems to go out and has the biggest catch radius we've probably ever seen out of a college football player. So, I obviously, Kyle McCord, very unimpressive this year. Very unimpressive versus Michigan. And same with JJ McCarthy. I mean, I I think he's he's delivered some really really nice throws. He's very inconsistent. Yeah. I mean the t- the touchdown pass that was very controversial to Roman Wilson was an insane throw. I mean, layered Should it Should have right gotten
2: picked though. You know that safety doesn't turn his head. That's an interception.
3: Yeah. So it's right over his head. We're we're talking about inches here of difference. So I'm not like like you said like the best quarterbacks are on teams that have horrible defenses and like may are, UNC defenses horrible year in and year out yeah so obviously there's like there's there's trends about Ohio State quarterbacks not succeeding in the NFL and I guess now CJ Stroud is you know kind of debunking that theory but the big 10 quarterbacks I mean these 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 quarterbacks are all in the top five teams. Haven't been that impressive. Penix yeah. hasn't as good as of late. Carson Beck is all right. Quinn Ewers is good. I'll give him that. But
2: he's going to save for another year. He's going to be so old when he,
3: when he, yeah, when he's done. exactly. So I, you know, I think the the quarterback class next year is extremely weak. Like, right. extremely weak. I don't see anyone really being that impressive. I Quinn mean, Ewers again, Ewers for sure. And then I don't know. I mean, we'll see. But yeah, you're right. The quarterback play football in general has just been subpar. It it really has been.
2: Like the games have delivered, but it's not been like the high flying offenses that we're kind of used to seeing out of the top teams in the country. Um, Stetson Bennett was obviously incredible in college. Like I don't want to take anything away from what he did because he was really fucking good at Georgia. And I actually think may, the probably the biggest reason that he won't play in the NFL is the fact that he's 25. Um, but I don't know. I, like I thought JJ McCarthy had a much better year last year than this year. I don't know why I felt like he was much like, much, like, I feel like he could air it out a lot more So like, and was a lot better at airing it out and was much more accurate and made good throws last year. I don't know if they just don't trust him. Uh, I don't know if they just want to run the damn ball, but. It was a, it was a, it was, it's been, it's been difficult to watch for sure. It's been a lot of ground and pound, a lot of, a lot of smash mouth football, which I don't mind sometimes,
3: you know? Yeah. The games are fun still. I mean, it's obviously defense has been taking control, especially in, you know, Ohio state Michigan game, but yeah. I mean, if you told me that Kyle McCord and JJ McCarthy would disappoint in, in their own specific stat lines against each other, I wouldn't, You know, I wouldn't have been surprised, and that's what happened. So right,
2: exactly, good point. Let's go to another uh, really, really fun game, the Iron Bowl. It it never disappoints. This is one of the games that just every year, absolutely fucking delivers. Bama needed this game to even stay within the college football playoff race. Um, they now face Georgia next week on the last minute Millrow heroics, fourth uh, and goal from the thirty-one. Back of the end zone, great throw, great catch. Don't know how he got sep- any kind of separation in the end, back of the end zone, but he did. Um, Saban says they run those plays in their special situations. I, I, I mean, you can do that all you want. I feel like when you get there, it's kind of like in the NBA too, where like in basketball, where you kind of get there, it's just kind of like an ISO for the win. You know, you kind of throw everything at the window, you throw game plans and timeouts out the window, and you just kind of let your players make plays. Bama's player made Bama's players made plays, and Milro has looked. So good these past five ish, six ish weeks. Yeah,
3: I mean, it's it's night and day. It truly it really is since the, the first half of the season to the second half of the season. He's looked incredible. And I think he should get more Heisman talk because he was incredible.
2: Yeah, he, really. you see, did you see the video of him after they won? Yeah, we I mean, like slammed his helmet and said, Give me the Heisman. I mean, he's not going to win it. He's not going to win, but, but he's maybe, up there.
3: He's been playing so be much finalist. better. Maybe be a finalist. Yeah. He's playing so much better. And Bama now has a chance to get into the playoffs. Fuck. Are we giving them a chance?
2: I think you have to, right? I really do. I, I'm not overly impressed by Georgia. They did over Georgia did not have a really impressive win over Georgia Tech. They only won by eight. Um, They did kind of, they were struggling for a while there. They eventually kind of gained control of the game and, and put it to bed, but Still, I haven't loved what I've seen out of Georgia all year. I think their offense is taking a huge hit this year, and obviously their defense is not what it used to be the past two years with a lot of guys going to the draft, which is, you know, completely makes sense. But I I think you have to give Bama a chance. I'm not sure what the line on that game is. I'm gonna f- look for it right now. I'm assuming it's on Saturday. Uh Alabama's plus six.
1: Ooh.
2: Like that's a that is a close line for a Bama team that. You know, lost to Texas at home in a big way, and a lot of you know could have lost to Ole Miss at home too. And a lot of a lot of guys, including myself, are writing off. But you just can't write off Saban. I guess it's the old saying like you can't write off Bill Belichick. I know college is a lot different, but man, Saban fucking figured that shit out quick.
3: This is gonna be one of the best games we've ever watched. I think. I have believe potential. in this in Jalen Milrow and this Alabama offense and in Nick Saban. I mean, greatest college football coach of all time. It's not even close,
1: and he has
3: his team within one win of getting into the playoffs after a season that started horribly for them. Yeah, and everyone thought they were done. Everyone thought they were cooked, and just like that, Alabama's back after you know fourth quarter heroics. And uh, I want them to win. I, I, do I really too. do, but I just I don't see it. I I believe in them and I wouldn't be, su- I wouldn't be completely surprised if they won, but it would take a lot. This Georgia team is still very good, still coached incredibly well by Kirby Smart and oh God, it's, I, I don't know. I, it's going to be a great
2: game. Like you said, this yeah. might be one of the greatest games that we're ever going to get to watch and I'm very excited for it. We'll do a preview episode on Friday, so I don't want to talk too much about it, but yeah, yeah. It, it was it was unbelievable. The Iron Bowl never like never disappoints. I think the Auburn fans were doing like their Auburn thing at the end and I there was a clip or a video, I think it was on it got put on TV of like Auburn fans, like couple girls just like crying. Yeah. Just because <laughs> that loss just just absolutely broke them. All right, Swick, let's go to the swamp. I had to transfer to my AirPods, so I uh, I apologize if the audio is a little messy. My my computer is not having a good day at all. So we're trying this on the phone now, little AirPods. Uh, Zwick, Swamp uh, also delivered. This game was phenomenal. Um FSU got off to a really bad start. Uh, big game, big moment for them. You know, they keep their playoff hopes alive in the end, but it was really rocky there for the Noles for a long time.
3: Yeah, I, I I really thought for almost three quarters, I thought I thought the Gators had it. I really did. And the Seminoles, you know, ran away with it in the in the fourth quarter, and just, you know. <laughs> Same same kind of ordeal for the Gators this year. They've just, you know, they've been in games and they're just disappointed. And obviously the Florida State's a lot better of a football team, even without Jordan Travis. But I I just I don't think it matters. I don't think they'll get in, even even though they won, even though they'll probably be undefeated. I don't see them getting in without Jordan Travis.
2: Yeah, I, I agree. I just don't like if they get in, they're gonna have to go play Georgia. Yeah, and they're going to get killed. And the fact that an undefeated Power Five team is going to get left out of the College Football Playoff is is ridiculous, and it's kind of unheard of. But when without a star QB and this backup actually kind of figured it out later in the game, but it took him a while to get acclimated. Just imagine what George is going to do to him. Like it's 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 not even close how how bad it's going to be. But with that being said, Florida State still put together like a really impressive win. Uh, No Jordan Travis, and on the other side of the ball. No Graham Ertz for Florida. He got hurt in the Mizzou game. Uh, the backup did a really good job for a while, uh, then, then had a couple turnovers. Uh, FSU made the halftime adjustments they needed to on defense and really, really slowed down the Gators because uh, their run game was, was really efficient in the first half and then kind of got shut down the second half. But Florida State, they're going to be undefeated. They're probably going to be LSU or Louisville next week, who lost to Kentucky at home. Which was kind of a big shock, a uh, shocking upset because that's always a big rivalry, too. But like FSU is only three point favorites, even if they do win. Like, I, I, how do you put them in?
3: I don't think you do, even if they win, even if they like blow them out, they win by like 20, 30. I, I still don't think they get in and it sucks, it really does. And I feel horrible for Florida State players and fans because it's just the worst way for your season to end but I don't think the committee wants them to get throttled by Georgia. I think they want good games. I think that they know what will happen if they put in Florida State, and they also know what will happen if they don't put in Florida State. They will be pissed, and they will be outraged. Rightfully
2: so. right? Yeah, yeah, rightfully so.
3: Absolutely. They should be pissed, but I just don't see it happening. So if you're a Florida State fan, we're sorry, but I think it's over.
2: So, let's do a little college football playoff preview now. We're getting really, really close to that time. Um, Now that Florida State looked the way they did and they didn't look really impressive at all against Florida, uh, Jordan Travis done for the year, obviously, catastrophic injury. He was there at the Florida game. Hopefully he gets back at some point uh, and can can make the league and have a good career. But, like, now you're looking at, Georgia and Michigan is locks, right? That's your one two. And then you now go the winner of the Pac-Twelve Championship three. Does that door open for Texas again?
3: I think so. I mean, I I I really do think so. It opens unless Alabama wins. But then Texas
2: beat Alabama in the regular season. Yeah. So so then the like so why play the games?
3: Exactly. So I think Texas is very alive. Very, very much alive. I, I think you're right. I think it's absolutely going to be. Assuming Texas wins, you know, handedly, I think it's going to be Georgia, Michigan winner, or Georgia, yeah, Georgia, Michigan winner of the Pac-12 in Texas.
2: Yeah, I, I think that makes the most sense right now. I, I like with Florida State out of the picture, it definitely helps a lot. You know, like it, it really helps. It really helps clear things up, and it's really just a shame that Florida, that Jordan Travis got hurt because while I don't think they would have beat Georgia, they would have at least put up a, a good fight, and it would have been a good game. and We actually would have gotten to see how good uh, FSU actually was. But y- you, you're gonna want you're gonna want to make the like the college football playoff a good game, and you don't. You're not gonna want Georgia to beat up on Florida State by forty. The committee doesn't want that. Yeah. In their last year. It, you know, like this is the last year of the fourteen playoff. You want it to be as exciting as possible. I think you put Texas in. But then, like, what happens if Alabama beats Georgia? Like, what happens then? Michigan probably goes to the one. Georgia goes to the two. Oregon, who I think will beat Washington next Saturday, will be the three. And then you have the four between Bama and Texas. who Texas beat Bama when they weren't playing the best football. Granted, they were not playing good football. This Alabama team now, like we said earlier, is not the same team that we saw earlier in the season. But Texas has played great all year. They've been solid all year. Yeah. And they have the regular season win. But Alabama is – like there's a chance that Alabama does all of this and has that crazy game winner against Auburn in the Iron Bowl in the back of the end zone just to not make the playoffs because they lost – to Texas in the regular season, like that is a very real possibility. I think it's I'll often say that they have to beat Georgia first, they have to beat Georgia be. for yeah.
3: any of this to be possible. But I, yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, unless Texas loses to okay state, I don't, I, yeah, I didn't even think about that. I don't think they'll get in if Texas wins, it doesn't even matter.
2: I don't think it does either because the committee that's I feel like not putting Florida State in makes more sense than putting Alabama in for but, – but, like, Georgia's the number one team. I don't know. Like, I feel like that makes more sense. It makes more sense to put Texas in because they beat Alabama in the regular season than it does to put Florida State in who doesn't have their QB.
3: agree. Right.
2: 100%. And Florida State could easily lose, which would help a lot. Like, if the best-case scenario is Florida State loses and Alabama loses for the committee. Yeah. That way they can just solidify their top four and no one's angry.
3: Yeah. There's but no, Forest, they Florida State could easily beat State Louisville. State. Huh? Yeah. No one else would deserve it then that way. Right. Correct. I I, I don't think – I don't know. Oh, God. The ACC championship game is going to be a really good one. I, it's going to be think, a great game too. I think Louisville could beat Florida State. I mean, I, I think, if, you know, obviously the X-Factors here. No, Jordan Travis. I think if he was playing, we'd, have, we'd obviously be having a way different discussion. But the fact of the matter is he's not, and I think Florida State's done. I think Louisville could win the ACC.
2: Yeah, they could, and especially after losing to uh, Kentucky last week, this would be a huge win for Louisville. Yeah. Who has had a pretty good season. They did beat Notre Dame at home, kind of put Notre Dame to bed for the college football playoff pretty early in, or like midway through the season.
3: Yeah. So it's tough. I, I it, Everything is relying on – Washington, Oregon, Texas, Texas, and um okay State in Georgia and Alabama. Those are going to be the yeah.
1: Fans. and we'll
2: we'll do a full breakdown of those games uh, coming out on Friday. We'll talk about it on Thursday, release the episode on Friday. But uh, did you see that the team total for Iowa going mm-hmm. into the Michigan Iowa game was six and a half?
3: Six and a half?
2: Six and a half. Oh my God. It might have moved since. But I think it opened at six and a half. So the line was basically for Iowa to score a touchdown.
3: They might that's not. all they had to do. I don't I don't think they, they would.
2: I don't know if they will either.
3: I don't think they'll I score mean, a touchdown.
2: This is gonna be a gross game. Like Michigan is just absolutely gonna lay the wood to Iowa.
3: Yeah, I mean there's I I'm not really giving Iowa any chance here. Obviously their defense is, you know, one of the best in the country, but their offense might be the worst, like dead last. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> in
2: every statistical category. I yeah, mean,
3: so I'm, I think Michigan will win by 30. You know, this, this, this game doesn't have much significance unless something absolutely insane happens.
2: All right. So, let's play a game here. Uh, over under, what do you think the total, uh, the largest point total that Iowa has put up this year? Uh, I'm going to give you over under 30.
3: Got to be under.
2: It's over. They beat Western Michigan 41-10. to 10.
3: <laughs> Oh, I do remember that now. Fuck. Yeah. But,
2: but besides that, they have not had one game where they have scored more than 30 points. They've had 26, 24, um, 22. And, but besides that, they, they have failed to score over 30 points in all but one game, and it was against Western Michigan. And they have played some bad teams. Like, they have played this Rutgers. Is- so they beat 22 nothing. Uh, Utah State, they only put up 24 points against Utah State. I mean, it's road. disgusting, it's absolutely disgusting. And they're and they're playing in the Big Ten championship game again. They got, I mean, like, if you're a conference, right, and you have all these good teams, you got to find a way to put your best teams in different
3: conferences. Yeah, 100%. You know,
2: like, you got to put it, you got to make it so like mission, like. That Michigan Ohio State could play each other back to back weekends.
1: Imagine that would be oh my crazy,
2: (laughs) that would be berserk.
3: Yeah, I I agree. And obviously, they're not going to get rid of rivalry week. Well, that's
2: really hard to say. And it's very difficult to say underrated
3: word, underrated phrase. Obviously, you know that's you know the game and all that hype. But imagine Michigan Ohio State back to back weekends.
2: That would be fucking awesome. That would be, sh- and what happens if they split?
3: What yeah, What happens if they that's split. why they wouldn't have it because what would what the fuck would they do if they split?
2: Well, it wouldn't matter. Next year it might not matter. Next year
3: it might. You're right.
2: But I mean, probably self seeding it would matter. But like they would obviously would both get in if if they were like the you know another top top five even top ten matchup. Yeah. So that that's just a little fun hypothetical, but. Um, great, great games coming up this weekend. Uh, Thank you all for tuning in to this college football and NFL segment. We will be back on Friday to preview the NFL weekend and also preview these conference championship games, which are promising to absolutely deliver, because it might be probably the biggest weekend in college football that we've had in a while. Some of these games are just have all the weight on their shoulders. It's going to be fucking awesome, and I'm really looking forward to it. So uh, thank you all for listening. Oh, my God, Oregon-Washington plays on Friday. I didn't even know that. It's going to fuck. That's even better. That, that fucks hard. That fucks hard, Zwick. Uh, thank you all for listening, and we'll be back on Friday. Peace.
0: I'm here with Letty uh, the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. I don't know. Thanksgiving Eve, I guess you call it.
3: Mm-hmm. And
0: we're going to be talking some NBA. The beers have been flowing. I feel like this is going to be a fun segment. Um, yeah, so we are gonna we wanted to talk about there's basically in the NBA right now, it's going coming up on the deadline where you can trade – all the players that were signed in the off season, right? So, if a new guy is on a new team, for example, Cam Reddish maybe is on the Lakers, right? Or he's mm-hmm. not maybe on the Lakers, he is. Uh, he signs a new contract with the Lakers this season, this last offseason, technically, and now he's able to be traded in a couple of days. And so, because of that, we're expecting there to be some movement trade-wise. Um, there's been a lot of rumors out there, and I think that... So we wanted to talk about buyers and sellers at this upcoming, you know, little bit of trade spree that we think is going to happen. So we're gonna. Max, take- I want to.
4: I want to clarify with you. I had, I was doing it like the NBA deadline, but way too early. Yeah, like yeah, no, that's deadline. and
0: that's what it, that's what it is too. Because okay, that might not make that might not make um, like the, this deadline coming up might not make you know anything actually happen. Mm-hmm. Okay, but gotcha, now gotcha, that gotcha. that deadline is there, I think that makes this... Uh, exercise a little bit easier because I do yes, think there's going to be yeah. movement sooner. Um, okay, but cool. this is, we're tentatively calling this the, you know, way too early trade deadline, buyers and sellers. So we're going to go in draft order. We're going to do a snake draft and we're going to draft um, teams that we think are, think are buyers and sellers. I'm going to give you the first pick because I, I kind of want to see where you're going to go with this. So why go don't you start, Letty?
4: Um, So I'm going to start with the Bucks defense. I've been saying all year. That's for the Bucks. If you're a guard on an opposing team, when you play the Bucks, you better have Milwaukee circled on your calendar. Like Drew Holiday tonight, I expect him to go for twenty to twenty-five simply because the guards can't defend. Like I, I ran through every game the Bucs played this year. The guard on the opposing team, Tyrese Maxey, had twenty-one. Tyler Hero had twenty-five. Yeah. Schroeder had twenty-four and eleven. Brunson had forty-five. Cam Thomas had 45. Cade had 33. Holy shit. Kyrie and Luca had 35 and 39 in the same game against the Bucks. Jordan Poole had 30. Like, my point here, Milwaukee needs a guard who can defend. A team that we'll get into later that probably is going to break it up is Alex Caruso. He's a great guard. One of the best guard defenders in the league. I think that Alex Caruso would probably get this Bucks team to that next level, to that contender level. But also, I feel like to match the size and the strength of all these other great contenders, like the Nuggets, Timberwolves, Celtics, they kind of need more of like a, a lanky three and D small forward who can rebound if they want to keep up with these bigger teams. So yeah, Bucks are my first. Any, any
0: um specific player in mind for that lanky three and D player?
4: I was trying to think about uh, like even maybe a Cam Reddish. Yeah. That's yeah. possible. I don't hate that.
0: No. um, I think that was the Drake J Crowder role, but he's been injured. So. But yeah, that's kind exactly. of what they're looking for right there. Um that's interesting that you say the Bucks, because I actually didn't really think about them in this exercise, to be honest. I I felt like they might be a little stunted with what moves they can make. Um yeah, I'm not I sure mean, what their draft capital situation
4: looks like right now, but I'm pretty sure it's not great. Um whatever it is, I think they should try and go all in because yeah. Like you've been saying, they have these two superstars, Damon Giannis. That's mm. the new build of this era of championship teams, they have the role players, Chris Middleton, Brooke Lopez, Bobby Portis. They have everything a team needs. They just need defense.
0: Yeah. You're right. You're definitely right. Um, Who would you think would get moved? Would it be someone like a Pat Connaughton over the, like,
4: Yeah, those that's lines? fine. Or, Draft capital. Um, Maybe they can trade some of the young guys like Marjan.
0: Like Marjan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. That's interesting. Yeah. I, I didn't think about them at all really. And I think you're right. I think, I think they're going to try and make a move um, at the deadline and try and get something. Uh, the first team that I want to talk about, which coincides with the Caruso move, is the Bulls. I think the Bulls are going to be sellers. Um, and mm-hmm. I think it's time for them to be sellers here. I think Levine's gone. I'm pretty sure that's done. I think they're going to keep Vooch because they just signed him. I don't know how uh, mobile he is. Although, if the Suns wanted to get super weird, I could see them you know, doing bringing in Vooch or someone like that to kind of be a better nerf. I don't know about that though. That'd be slutty. Yeah. That'd be a high, that'd be a high payroll team, but I, I would like that move better. Um, I, so I, I don't know if I think Vooch is going to stay. I think Caruso is your big selling point. Um, And mm-hmm. I think you're going to get a ton of interest from him. I hope he goes to the Celtics. I hope he doesn't go to the bucks because that he would be perfect for the bucks. And that's actually a scary thought. So, yeah. So I think, I think the bulls have a lot of assets that they can get rid of. Patrick Williams is probably attractive to some teams. Maybe the Celtics are looking at him as like a backup big or something. Um, mm-hmm. I was really high on Patrick Williams, but he kind of hasn't really panned out. He's a very limited scorer, and I think that kind of hurts him. As um, But he's still a solid player, and there's names on there. Like, Even bigger
4: picture, though, like you think the Bulls should trade DeMar and Zach Levine, right?
0: Yeah, I, I, I was always in the boat that they should... It just feels like they kind of have their answer here. Like they're not going to be the best team and you're missing your the the piece that makes everything work with Lonzo. Um, mm-hmm. We don't even know if he's ever going to play basketball again. So, yeah, I think you got your answer in this experiment. And it's that this isn't going to work. You need to figure something out and retool. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sucks because the next couple draft classes aren't that great looking. So this was kind of the year they should have done it last year. And I was kind definitely. Of on the I'm definitely on the record saying they should have done it last year because mm-hmm. we've already we talked about it. Not too long ago, this first round, like, and me and Jordan talked about it last episode. The first round of this last draft, like everyone kind of has hit so far, like mm-hmm. everyone's producing,
4: everyone's playing well. Yeah,
0: that was a draft like it felt like it didn't matter where you were, um, draft order wise. You kind of came out with something that you liked, and I thought they should have blown it up, gotten more draft capital. Capital, but nonetheless, they have guys that they can move around. So I think I think you're gonna see Chicago hunker down and go into a rebuild i think
4: because there's they should they should they have should. A
0: lot. i don't know what else they would do
4: yeah i agree and it seems like levine's being a little bitchy like demar and levine both yeah. think that they're number one options newsflash neither of them are number one options on a winning team so yeah. you got to get rid of them now
0: yeah and i i think you can get a good return for caruso levine you can maybe there's potential where you can even kind of retool this thing on the fly Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't want to go draft capital, I think there's opportunity because there's going to be contenders looking at Caruso, right? So if you want someone with legit, you know, upside that you can kind of begin to rebuild around a little bit, I think, th- I think that is out there. So I, th- I think oh, yeah. they are going to be sellers. Oh, um, anyway, so it's snake. So I guess it's my other pick now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go with a buyer here. I think Indiana is going to be a buyer.
4: Ooh, okay. I like and it. And
0: the reason is, I think they're trying to win, like I I think they're trying to actually get into the playoffs and start um, the process of kind of you know getting their getting their licks in and getting beat up a little bit by the playoffs, getting that necessary experience to kind of make a run. Mm -hmm. And the reason I think that is because if you look at like their starting lineup, they used to start Ben Math and they started like younger guys. They've they've gone back on that. They're starting Miles Turner, Buddy Healed. and then Obi Toppin, Tyrese Halliburton, and, and it depends on who who they're playing, but who the four is.
4: Who's but usually not, at that? Uh, who's usually that fourth?
0: It's uh, off the top of my head. I'm I'm blanking on his name, but it's like sometimes they'll have uh, like Jarrus Walker was the guy that they drafted, but he really doesn't play for them that much, and yep. um, that's another sign because they're like he's very young, and it seems like they're you know starting to kind of just hunker down and get, you know, the older guys in. Oh, Bruce Brown is the other guy.
4: Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And,
0: um, like, that starting lineup is all veterans or older guys, right? Like, running through it again, Buddy Heald, Miles Turner, Bruce Brown, Top and Tyrese Halliburton. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, you know, those are guys with some experience, right? And you can tell that they're playing their younger guys a little bit less, and it seems like they're trying to make a push here and I do think they're one of those teams that has a ton of talent and can kind of be helped, like, it would benefit them to consolidate that talent to get maybe a star, if possible, or someone that can really um, make a difference in that building, and I think, like, if you look Maybe you're some at sort roster, of defense.
4: Yes, yeah. I would like them the... to get some sort of defensive-minded player so they don't give up 130 points every game.
0: Yeah, exactly, right, and it's like, we're gonna use Caruso a lot through this thought experiment because he works so seamlessly with mm-hmm. other teams, but like, is not a bad option. Or someone who is maybe maybe at that four position that you can plug in and be a lockdown defender. I, I'm trying to think of someone off the top of my head that is, like, pure defensive-minded. I, I kind of can't. Like, I I'd, I would have liked Rob Williams on this team. Um, obviously, he's out for the season, so that can't happen. But, um, like, if you're looking at their their roster right now, you got Benedict Matherin, the starters that I mentioned, Jairus Walker, Jalen Smith, Aaron Neesmith, Oscar Shibway Andrew Nemhard, Isaiah Wong, Jordan Nowora, Isaiah Jackson, Kendall Brown and Ben Shepard. Um, that's a ton of young, young talent, right? Like if you're looking at Shibway, Ben Shepard, Aaron Neesmith, Jalen Smith, um, Nemhard, Wong, Jordan Nowora, Kendall Brown, like those are all very young guys and all those guys have inherent value um, some more than others, but I think you can package those guys together to get, you know, maybe get this team be a little bit older um, and get you know, someone defensive-minded or something like that. I just think they're I, – I think that this is the time where you're going to see Indiana start making a push. Um, Not to mention Rick Carlisle is the coach, and he's never coached losing teams, really. Like, he always mm-hmm. – he his whole thing – the reason Dallas kind of got rid of him was that he wasn't, you know, trying to tank, right? So, I, yeah. I think you're going to see them be buyers.
4: Nice. I like it. Um, Yeah, I think they're on the cusp right now of, like, that top six seed slash – seven, eight playing seed. So I do think they might be like a year or two away from that big, like splash move. They have all the assets right now, all the young guys to build around. And if they really wanted to, they could package someone. I just don't know if there's anyone really worth it. That's out there right now. that teams are looking to shop that fits this Pacers like style of play. Yeah,
0: I agree. But it's, Um, it's early. It's still early and you can always, there's always someone who's going to be pissed off.
4: Yeah, I agree. You just gotta wait. That's what the Knicks have been saying for years, by the way. But we haven't gotten fucking shit. Um, all right, so now I'll go. I'm gonna pick another buyer. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm gonna pick, even though we haven't seen this big three playing yet together, I'm gonna pick the Suns. They gotta be buyers at the deadline. Um KD is 35 years old. He's playing 35 minutes a game. The last two years, he's missed sixty-five. 65 games, spent a hundred out of 164 games. Beal has only has played 90 games over the past two years. um, And he's being real reevaluated in three weeks. I just, I'm mad at the sun's team. Cause it's very similar to the Brooklyn nets team that we saw with Harden Kyrie and Katie. They just have no identity, like just an abundance of talents. Um, there's no organization on offense. It's just ISOs and pick and rolls, just like pickup. And, like the famous saying I think is in the playoffs, you trust seven, you play eight. I could probably name six guys on the Suns team that I would feel comfortable with being in a playoff rotation. It'd be Beal, Book, KD, Grayson Allen, Eric Gordon, and Nurkic. But besides that, everyone else on their roster, I don't feel comfortable taking a shot down down the line, down the end of the season. I think Frank Vogel needs to figure out Who his like eight to nine guys are in the regular season with defined roles so that when Beal comes back, when everyone's healthy, they could all play off each other and fit into it seamlessly. And it's not like they don't have enough time to get chemistry together. Like they should be playing like a team right now, and they're not. Um so what I think they need, who they need to buy, I think they need like a plug-and-play three and D wing, power forward type guy in their rotation, someone with length to help their defense too and rebounding because they're 20th in the league right now in d so i would say like maybe like a thaddeus young who could play minutes on the stretch maybe like a deandre hunter if the hawks were to break it up and they wanted to shop hunter, him hunter is that's kind of sexy maybe yeah. like kelly Olynyk, another veteran guy scoring guy who's tall and can shoot the rock like i just think they're so disorganized on offense that it looks good because it's. KD and book doing it like when they're coming off screens, hitting tough shots, but there's no organization. There's no identity. There's no roles on this team. So later in the year when they play Denver and it's down the stretch, that's going to kill them.
0: Yeah. So this is a good pick. Me and Jordan talked about them last segment. They, uh, like we were talking about Kieta, Kieta Bates, Diop, what plays like a lot of minutes.
4: Before. I'm sick of him. Dude. I'm sick of him too. Sick of him. Um, I know you're a nasty little guy too. I yeah. don't love the guy. He looks, he still looks raw.
0: He's raw. He's limited. He is very limited. I, I love he's like a ball of fire. I thought I thought his time with US Team USA was, yeah. gonna, was really going to like make him come out and, you know, really pop. But he hasn't done he hasn't he's been kind of a disappointment. I, I I saw him dominating those Team USA practices and I had high hopes, but I can say now he's on his like third team. I'm a little a little bit lower on him. But yeah, this is a really good pick, I think. Like yeah. they need help on the offensive load. They need to take a load off KD because, as you mentioned, he's just he's very old and he has a bad injury history. Um, you can't like put all your eggs in the KD basket, and they just need they literally just need bodies like NBA players mm-hmm. on the team. So, I'm I'm thinking this is one of your, one of the better picks for sure. Um, I'm gonna go with a another buyer here. I'm gonna go with the Magic. Um the same thing as the pacers i think that it's that's really it is it's time now for the magic to um i love comparing them to the celtics because i think they're kind of a one to one comparison here with your two your two stars are very similar and um i think it's now time for them to go and get their just get get tested in the playoffs they need some playoff and play in experience and mm-hmm. I think that they're going to look to try and again like the Pacers they have a ton of talent. I think they're going to try to look to consolidate some of that and get kind of an adult in the room to try okay. and put them all in the same direction cuz they have a really tough time closing out games. Mm-hmm. I, I I haven't I know the stats I, like I don't know the stats off the top of my head, but I looked at them and saw that they they really have a tough time of closing out like close games in the end there. But they have the best defense mm-hmm. in basketball right now, yeah. and mm-hmm. I think bringing in a veteran. Do um, they? They
4: have the best yeah, defense in basketball
0: right now. Yeah, they're, statistically, I mean, it's hard to get like legitimate uh, metrics on defense, but yeah, they, they have like the top-rated defense right now. Um, oh shit!
4: I was unfamiliar with their game. Damn.
0: Yeah, and so, like, I think, I think that it's gonna be it's. For them, I think they need to get an adult into the room, like I mentioned, and help them with that closing thing and closing, you know, issues in, in the end where it's like they need to just figure out how to be a more well-oiled machine as a team. So yeah. I, I'm I'm excited to see if they add someone. I hope they do, because I do think that'll be not not someone like crazy, because you don't want to accelerate the timeline past what you're trying to do here. Definitely. But I do think that they're going to add someone, you know, that's going to be at least somewhat interesting, um, with the hopes of starting to make some playoff runs here, and you know, get their get their licks in. Um, it was actually your turn to draft again. I went. The for, snake draft goes over yeah, your it head. Fucked me up. Fucked me up. So you go. Again. <laughs> All
4: right, you're good. Um, so I'm going to go a seller now, and I've wanted this team to sell for a while. The Raptors. They are. This was one
0: of mine. Yeah.
4: That's on your big board. Yep. Big board. It's not, dude, they're not even close to contending. Like, their defense is solid. Brought a new coach, brought in Schroeder, signed Jakob Pertl to another decent sized deal. But, like, those aren't moves that are going to get you over the threshold. Like, you you lost Fred Van Vleep. Pascal Siakam's not a number one option. Mm. I'm not really as high on Scotty Barnes as other people are. I think I think just because they're young and they would have some sort of timeline I think they should continue to build around OG and Scotty but blow up the rest like there's no reason to keep this core together if you're going to be an 8 seed in the east. Yeah. Like, that that's not that's not like Miami obviously is an exception because that's just Miami's culture and they have the talent to be a deep playoff run team, they have the coaching to be a deep playoff run team. The Bulls have never, or the Raptors, sorry, have never proved that they were that kind of team without Kawhi. So, like, trade Schroeder to a team who needs bench scoring. Trade Jakob Hurdle to a team like OKC, who you've been saying needs a bruiser for a while. And then give Siakam up to a team who thinks they're one piece away from contending. Or the opposite, go all in and go try and win Zach Levine in the sweepstakes and give up draft capital and just again, don't keep it together for an eight seed in the East. It's so not worth it.
0: I completely agree. I, I I thought there should have been sellers. Uh last deadline. I was really surprised when they weren't. I totally thought OG was going to be sent to Memphis. I thought or, or the Pelicans. That would have been uh, sexy. Either yeah, of those would
4: have been sexy. Either of
0: those would have been amazing. I, I I just I don't know what they're doing there. Um and I don't think they do either. Um that that's just one of those teams. Like they, we just named Scotty. Jakob Pertle, Dennis Schroeder, Scotty Barn, or um, was his face, Pascal Siakam, mm-hmm. and then Scotty, like we said, OG, OG, or, yeah, yeah, that's their starting five. That's literally their starting five, and all those guys probably should be moved, and <laughs> would all bring really good returns, I think. So definitely, you're definitely on par there. Um, my last one is a seller, and I'm just gonna read off their roster. I I, I think this is the biggest seller in the league, or it should be, in my opinion. Um, this roster makes no sense to me and it's been driving me nuts. Um, so there is Jalen Duran, Cade Cunningham, Monte Morris, Killian Hayes, Asar Thompson, Jared Roden, Isaiah Livers, James Wiseman, Stanley Amude, Alec Burks, Malcolm Cazalon, Jaden Ivey, Marcus Sasser, Kevin Knox, Isaiah Stewart, Joe Harris, Bohan Bogdanovich, and Marvin Bagley. Mm-hmm. What the fuck is Detroit trying to do here? Um, uh, I just
4: heard three veterans that can contribute to the yeah, championship team right now.
0: Exactly, like I'm, I'm sure I can. I guess it's Alec Burks, Bohan Bogdanovich, Joe Harris. Joe Harris. Harris. Yep. Yeah. Um. It's they're they're trying to do too much here. They have a million centers that they don't need to like. It feels like they're kind of over covered at every single position, and
4: similar to the Magic same kind of thing where they yeah but goals. they're
0: not I think the magic are a, t- a tier above them in terms of talent agreed and where they're at roles
4: like yeah exactly agreed.
0: Detroit is still at z- at ground level like I think I think you kind of have some semblance of an idea of what you're doing but you I think you should build around Cade and see what you have with Asar and Jade and Ivy I think it's too early to give up on him but I don't know. This team is really weird. And I feel like they're not putting any of their players in up for success, like in a position for success because like they have a million centers. I don't understand why Wiseman's on this team with Isaiah Stewart and um, who else they have. Like, it, it just feels Jalen Durham. Yeah. Jalen Durham, like you're trying to bring a bunch of guys along at once and I think you need to consolidate and either get rid of the veterans and get, I don't, I don't know. I, they need to do something. Cause they're, They don't I feel like they're directionless right now. And I I don't know. I so what do you feel about that pick?
4: I I love that pick. I do. Um I do think it's important to have like veterans in the room when you have young guys like Cade and Jaden Ivy coming up. But um with this team, I like that they're kind of set on their guys. Like they know Cade is gonna be their number one and they kind of have Jalen Dern as they're big man of the future. Yeah. Uh, As opposed to some other shit teams like the Hornets besides LaMelo. I don't know who they think is going to step into that number two role. Yeah. Um, Like the Jazz, another shit team. They think that Laurie Markham not going to get you anywhere. Like this Pistons team ha- has some nice young assets that could be good for them in the future, but you're right. I think they can get returns out of some of their older guys. They're better. Yeah.
0: So I, I, I just think that there, there's an answer here and there's like a get out of jail card here. And it's like you just got to get rid of some, some guys, maybe bring in, you know, those veterans that you're talking about while also moving off from the current veterans you have to bring in more capital or something. I, I, they got to do something here because it feels like there's too much competition and it's creating an atmosphere instead of growth. It's just creating an atmosphere yeah. where it's very weird. Um, i agree yeah and like i think you know marcus sasser is really good for them yeah i think he's going to be around for the future as well so i think now it's kind of cutting but off but then like
4: what do you do with like killian hayes has to go that guy yes yeah he's got to go Like, what do you do with jay nivy
0: exactly it's like if you, you have, have marcus
4: sasser here too like that's yeah. three ball dominant guards that are all scorers like
0: exactly Exactly. And then it's yeah, like we
4: worked up just thinking about it.
0: And the big, the big situation doesn't make sense either. Cause it's like Jalen Duran looks amazing, but he has to play with James Wiseman and Isaiah Stewart taking minutes from him. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, we know our answer with Wiseman. He's not, he's just not going to be someone that kind of sticks around this league. So mm-hmm. I, yeah, I think, I, I think they got to make some moves here. Um, I think that's, I think that's all of our picks. Are there any, like, I think this, I want to throw the Celtics in as potential buyers. I think that, um, I don't know if Peyton Pritchard is going to be on this team anymore. Um, uh, so. Are
4: you Are you picking up my take? He's going to China next year.
0: No, 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 no. I think I don't think that. I think he's good. I just think that he's going to be traded for Alex Caruso. Hopefully, is what I'm hoping.
4: Oh, you want Caruso?
0: Yeah, I want Caruso. I want. Caruso. Why do you
4: he's want Caruso? You have Drew Holiday.
0: He's perfect
4: for the Celtics. But you have Derek White and Drew Holiday. How are you going to play Caruso too?
0: He, if he's in that Peyton Pritchard 6 man role perfect yeah yeah he's only making nine million too so the money works
4: oh is he really
0: yeah he's on a cheap contract he's kind of perfect for this team i think but
4: he's perfect for any contender like i think he's perfect the sixers Sixers probably want him yeah i I hope
0: he stays i hope he goes to the west i don't want him coming to the east because if he comes to the east it's not great for us um not to trigger you
4: but what if he goes to the nuggets what would happen then
0: that's like that's not good that would be (laughs) that would be really good that would be like NBA wise, that's
4: that'd be really bad. A
0: great nugget, yeah, that's a great Nuggets move. Um, yeah. So there's, I'm trying to think of other teams. That I'm like for like buyers. Like I, I think Philly's the probably maybe. Buyer. the Heat, the Heat would be maybe. great. Yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a lot out there. Um, but yeah. So let's take a quick break. And I have, hold on. Have... Can I oh, get yeah, one go more pick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me one.
4: I want go one more buyer. I'm going with the Warriors. Just oh, that's the six not game. bad. Yeah, that's not bad. Six game skid. Steph is averaging 30 points per game on 45% shooting from three.
0: Yeah.
4: How, how ridiculous is that? It's,
0: it's crazy. He's carrying this team more than he's ever had to, I think.
4: He, he has no help, dude. Clay is averaging 14 points on 34% yeah. from three. Wiggins Clay's is averaging terrible. 12 on 25% from three. The I think Warriors, the move
0: is they move, they move Wiggins and Kaminga, I think. And yeah, you get, and you get maybe bigger. Moody, too. Yeah, yes, and then exactly. you get some size. Yeah, like yeah they're, like they're fucked because I think they're not going to cut the ties from Clay. Um I don't think they'll ever trade Clay or Draymond, but I think that I might agree. be your
4: answer is to Clay, trade Clay or Draymond. Yeah, I just don't know the value like what team is is a Clay team away from being a contender. I don't think anyone yeah. would really look at him with great value. And we saw it with the Lakers last year that they were just too big for the Warriors to handle in the playoffs. So if you want to talk about same the the build of teams now with the Wolves, Nuggets, Celtics Bucks Lakers mm-hmm. like this yeah. Warriors team is the exact opposite and they're just trying to recreate the same winning team that won 7 years ago, 5 years ago.
0: Yeah, it's also like the big men are, are way more skilled now. When they did when they were on the, going on their runs in the 2015 everything, they created they basically I don't think they 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 were so successful because the bigs weren't as skilled as they are now. Like you, mm-hmm. you didn't have like center fo- center guards now. Like yeah, exactly. Do now. Um, yeah, because of that, and the you can you can go big and be successful. And I think teams are re- obviously teams are doing that now. And the Warriors just they've been cycled out. So, mm-hmm. um, all right, thank you all for listening. That's gonna do it for us here at the Couch Podcast. Uh, we're gonna be back later in the week with some NBA heavy segments. Obviously, some NFL and college football mixed in with that as well. But yeah, look forward to that. Thank you all for listening, and peace.